Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Febo. There are just a few certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Rafael Nadal dominating on clay. The Spaniard claimed a remarkable 11th Monte Carlo title over the weekend, and not just that, he did it without the loss of a set for the fifth time in the Principality. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. Plenty to get through on this new week in tennis. Joel Fritchie will join me. Josh Campbell, unfortunately, not here, not feeling well. We hope you're feeling better, Josh. Uh, we're also going to chat. Rafa, the Fed Cup, Leighton Hewitt may be making a doubles return. Uh, well, he is making a doubles con- return. That's been confirmed today. I'll also talk about the rankings as usual and our previews of the upcoming week's action. But joining me, to do that, and, well, I wouldn't have it any other way. This man, Joel Frucci, is with me. How are you, Joel? Going well, Val. How are you, mate? I'm absolutely fantastic. Ready to get stuck into what I think is going to be a really interesting show today. We've got plenty to get through. There was a surprise loss in Barcelona last night as well. That's going to be discussed in our preview section, so stay tuned for that. We'll discuss that more so towards the end of the show, but it it was very big, and it's a very well-known player, so I'm sure people listening do know who that is, but um, we digress. Rafael Nadal, Joel. And we said this in our pre-podcast video that there uh, we're running out of superlatives to describe his game and the way that he plays on clay, aren't we? Yeah, it's it's incredible how often uh, he gets it done, and no signs of slowing down. And uh, look, I, as I did say in that video, I've got to eat a bit of humble pie as well because um, I, uh, <laughs> I I really did. Uh, I really did doubt the man. Uh, well, the, the bowl of the, words is there for the, you, Joel. The king of clay, yeah, it is, and I actually need the bowl of words because I'm very hungry right now. But um, look, he was uh, he was very impressive, Rafa, um, and disposed of my pick, Dominic Team, um, six live six two. So, look, uh, incredible, and um, I guess uh, if we had doubts that uh, he was the favourite again for the for the clay swing, then um, I guess uh, those have been uh, very fairly quashed. Well, if that's the gap between the one and two players on clay, and we ranked them last week, we said that. Nadal was the number one and Team was the number two player on clay in the world. If that's the disparity between them, <laughs> then Rafa's going to win the French Open with no problems at all. I just want to see someone take a set off him, really. That, that's all I want. I, I, I just want to someone, see someone challenge him um, just to make things interesting a little bit because it's, it's, you go out there. Rafa has now, including his first up win over Roberto Carballes, Benna, in Spain last night, in Barcelona last night. He's won 38 consecutive sets on clay. That's a world record now. He's broken mm. Ilya Nastasi's record of 36, equaled it after Monte Carlo. Um, so that in, in those stats, nobody has even taken five games off Nadal in any of these sets. The worst is 6-4, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. And it's it's just it is unbelievable what he's been able to do. He's dropped nine, uh, he's dropped eighty games in those thirty eight sets. It, it, that's unbelievable. That's almost that's not even three games a set on average that he's losing, which is just it's it's staggering. Yeah, yeah. There's really not much more you can say about it, Val. No, um, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't think it's something we'll ever see again. To be honest, uh, this this kind of record on on clay, or for that matter, really on any surface. Yeah, any surface. Um, it's 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 just unbelievable. And um, as you, as you've said, there's there's really not a lot of words that we haven't used uh, to describe this guy on on clay yet. It's it's just 
So here we go again. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, if we <laughs> if we haven't used any of these words, it's because they haven't been made up yet. So it's 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 honestly it, it is ridiculous because he's just been able to dominate. So just another couple of stats: uh, beat Nishikori six three six two in the final. Nishikori was the first man to hold his opening service game against Nadal for the whole week. Ended up getting up a break in the final in the first set. Was up two one with a break. Rafa broke back immediately. Only dropped another. Uh, Three games for the entire four, no, three games for the entire match, which is just, it is ridiculous what he was able to do. And also his first time winning in straight, uh, without dropping a set in Monte Carlo since 2012. So six year difference between that. Last year, he dropped one to Carl Edmund in the opening round, uh, was pushed by Monfils in the final the year before, lost the couple of years before that. And well, yeah, it's, it's taken him a long time to get back to Monte Carlo without losing a set, but he's got there. He's won his 11th title in Monte Carlo. He can do that in Barcelona and at the French Open, which is just a, a, a more... So we said it about La Decima last year that he won, you know, to win 10 titles at a tournament. is just unbelievable and unfathomable. But he's done it at one tournament already. He should do it in Barcelona. And at this rate, he's going to do it at the French. To do it at three different tournaments, Joel, where, if someone had told you that maybe... Say if you lived through the 80s, say if you're a little bit older, if someone had told you that someone would win 11 majors at one Grand Slam, would you have slapped them? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would have slapped them, but you, you certainly probably would have laughed, I think. Um, especially at that time, it would have been uh, just yeah. about an unfathomable thought. Um, I guess certainly as the years have gone on and, and the game's uh, the games advanced and uh, I guess players have I guess, different technologies and... And benefits uh, available to them, it becomes, um, I guess, not 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 less special. It's still an unbelievable achievement. But um, I guess, I guess, in in this day and age, um, you think, yeah, well, it, you know, it, it can happen. Um, certainly, it has happened. But um, yeah, back then, certainly not. Um, there's there's no chance I would have believed you. No chance. No, not not at all. And look, if you look at a male, like I'm I'm googling the statistics now of of most major singles titles. Um, so we've got Ken Rosewall, 23, what? Hang on. Ah, pro slam tournaments. Okay. So grand slams, he's only won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. (laughs) No, he's won eight. But Federer, so it's got these pro slam tournaments in, in, included in that. The French pro, Wembley pro, and US pro. They don't count. So they were part of the pre-open era. So Federer won, so how many's Federer won? So he's won 20. Rod Laver was the next best back back in I think the eighties. He was he was the pinnacle. So how many did he win? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven slams. That was the record. That was the original Grand Slam. Or that was the record that most people grew up looking at. Sampras went past that. Uh, I think Borg might have gone close, but Rafael Nadal has won eleven slams. That's the same amount as Laver won in his whole career. Which is, and Rod Laver is considered the greatest of all time behind Roger Federer. Um, and I've heard people say, like John Newcomb saying that, because there was an age gap. So if you were under a certain age, you could play in the Grand Slams. And if you were over a certain age, you could play in the Grand Slams. But that, the, I don't know how it all worked, but Rod Laver wasn't allowed to play a Grand Slam from 1963 to 1968. The two bookends of his Grand of his Grand Slams, where he won all four, were in 62 and 69. The last year he was able to play, and the first year he was allowed back. Imagine how many he would have won, Joel, mm. in that period of time. 
Yeah. It's a bit yeah. scary. Yeah, it is. It is very scary. But um, how did we waffle on to to that? But I'm just saying that's how that's how scary it is that Nadal has won could win 11 at one title. It's a big record book, mate. It's yeah, a big it record really book. Is. I really shouldn't have googled that because <laughs> now we now we can we could digress into so much. But look, Nadal now are you penciling him in for the French? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Just, I don't think. Look, if I if I doubted him before, um, I think in in there's going to be no uh, doubt whatsoever now. Um, He's he's still the king. There's he hasn't even been challenged yet for the throne. He's he's un, untouchable. Yeah, he's he's going to be untouchable in Barcelona, untouchable yeah. um, in Paris and Rome, yeah, Madrid, and Rome, if, Madrid, whatever he plays. Yep. He's well. He's pretty much he's the king, the emperor, the sultan, the president, the prime minister, the queen, the court jester. Yeah, the the court jester as well. He, he's pretty much anything. Um, we can even call him the queen of clay as well. He's probably taken that mantle. So done. He, he's everything. Um, or well, on that surface, anyways. Roger we, Rogers won twenty. Let's not forget that. Um, we'll move on, Joel. Fed Cup. Yes. For the Aussies, they got through. They beat the Dutch four one. We all said five nil, but it started off. On shocking, shocking terms, didn't it? It did. It did start off uh, in less than ideal fashion with uh, with uh, Sam Stozer. Um, to well, be honest, t- take us through what what happened. <laughs> I, I, it's I just don't understand. It's um, it's a mind boggling one with with Sam Stozer. I I mean, yes, you can point to the unforced errors and you know all the all the normal stuff that when you lose a tennis match, you you straight away you look at you look at the stats, you look at the you look at the unforced errors. You look at your serve, but I mean, honestly, Val, I think I think I'm convinced with Sam Sosa, it's a it's a mental thing playing in Australia. She just struggles in front of her own people under the flag. Uh, I just I'm I'm convinced that the pressure that comes with that is affecting her so much that um, you know it's it's seeing this huge drop in performance um, because. We don't often. See, I mean, yes, uh, no, you know, no play is perfect, but um, we don't, we don't often see these kind of um, collapses, so to speak. No. Um, you know, elsewhere in the world. I mean, yeah, Sam's had some bad days across the world, but I mean, how often do we do we see it on home soil? Well, it's nowhere, just uncanny. Yeah, nowhere near as much as we do on home soil, and I'll, we'll take you through the results. Stoza defeated by Leslie Kirkhope seven six or seven five seven six in the opening rubber. The Aussies therefore or didn't drop a set from then on. Ash Barty over Quirin Lemoine six love six two Barty over Kirkhope six four six two Gavrilova then came in to defeat Lemoine as well six three six two and Gavrilova and Ayava defeated Leslie Kerfer, Kirkhove and Demi Scherz 6-3-6-2. I wasn't sure about Demi Scherz fashion sense, polo and shorts. It was interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure if I liked it, um, but look, wear whatever you want. But yeah, that was uh, a little bit... Uh, I wasn't expecting it, I, I will think say. We'll, uh, I think we'll leave that to the fashionistas. Yeah, I think so. Um, we, we've got no uh, no such uh, desi- or design sense, really, I guess, yes. do we? Um, but look, let, let's go back to the Stoza thing quickly and why... We think Mollick chose her to play in that first rubber. There's there's a number of reasons why that could have been the case, and I, I'm led to believe that maybe just to take the nerves away from Daria Gavrilova. She had an awful tie against the Ukraine, lost to Kostyuk, and the unranked Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian um, Ludmila Kichinok. So uh, she struggled there, Gavrilova, and I think playing she, she was very nervous. She did say that, but. Surely, if you're Alicia Mollick, no matter how experienced Stoza is and how, how how much of a wise head she has, Gavrilova is 
kind of part of the future of Australia's Fed Cup team. Stoza, maybe in the immediate future next year, but Gavrilova is part of that next five, six-year bracket, yep. getting Australia into the world group. Why would you not play her in the first rubber, get her get her underway? we pretty sure Barty's going to win her match, and then if Gavrilova loses, then maybe play Stoza or maybe give Stoza the more pressured situation. Not the light, like, it, it wasn't the end of the world that Stoza lost, but it would have been nice just to give Gavrilova a taste of a live rubber, which she did get. She did get, and she got Australia through. That's the thing. She won in straight sets. So is that is that one of the reasons that you think, or do you think that there might be a whole nother reason for the Stoza choice? Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. I'd love to actually get into the psyche of Alicia Mollick and, and actually hear as as to why she she chose that order. Of, of course, um, I guess in in Davis Cup and, and Fed Cup, um, you know, obviously we're going to see the, the stronger players normally, um, you know, playing straight up playing as the number one player. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I guess I if I can make the comparison, I wonder I wonder if she brought the approach um, of looking at it like um, I don't know, like a medley relay or something, or a swimming relay, where you I don't know you you sometimes when you go you maybe go with your um, your, your swimmer that's not you know not the strongest first, and then uh, worst case you know they they don't have a, a good lap or hundred meters or whatever it is, and and then um, next up or after that you've got you've got someone to go into bat for you. Um, well, so I, I wonder if it's if it's a bit like that. Of course, in in in, um, in tennis, in Davis Cup and Fed Cup, it doesn't quite work. Um, it doesn't quite work that way. It's very different. But um, yeah, I just I th- thought I'd throw that out there as a as a as an approach that may have been uh, employed. Yeah, but I think when when you're playing a team that's not as strong as the Netherlands are, not picking Kiki Burtons and Co., wouldn't you want to get the tie wrapped up as quickly yeah, well, as possible? Yeah, and. Not choosing Gavrilova, I think... I'm surprised Gavrilova... Surely there would have been discussion, but I'm really surprised that Gavrilova didn't play. And if I was her, I would have said to, to Molik, look, I, I want to play this first tie. I want to make up for what happened against the Ukraine and, and I want to make amends and redeem myself here. And I honestly think she would have done it. They chose to play on grass last time. That is her least favorite surface. Hard indoor. She she plays well at home, Gavrilova. That's the thing. She, she made does, the yes. she made the semifinals in Sydney. Generally does pretty well at the Australian Open. It's one country she actually isn't a flop. Um, and she's not a flop. She's been to world number twenty, but it, it's the country that she plays her best tennis in, and she feeds off the crowd. She feeds off the atmosphere, and. I think it was disappointing on on an Alicia Mollick part not to choose her because it could have got her confidence up massively ahead of a really important clay court swing for her. Yeah, I mean, well, when you look at it that way, yeah, it doesn't make a, a lot of sense the way uh, the way that they they went about it. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. I, I would love to hear from Alicia Mollick on this, um, and, and but I guess certainly a lot of coaches are going to have or captains are going to have um, you know their own ways of I guess of going about it. Um, Look, if, if it was me though, personally, um, if I was in her shoes, I'd be uh, against uh, an opponent like the Netherlands, as you said, Val, where you're, you're expected to win um, against a, a weak opposition, let's face it. You probably want to just go gung-ho and get the job done as soon yeah. as possible. And look, if you set the tone early, you play your strongest player, you get the result, then you're looking good for the rest of it. So um, yeah, look, again, I, I would just love to know what, what she was thinking, really. Yeah, I would too. I think it's it's a really interesting, uh, really interesting point to make and see. I I just love to know. It, w- it would be 
it'd just be it'd be nice to get to clear the air of what happened there. But look, the Aussies got through pretty comfortably. It was four one. They didn't drop a set after that, and also got to blood Destiny Ayala for her first tie, live or dead. Um, and she was very good in the doubles with Gavrilova. She hit the ball very cleanly. Scherz and Kirkov. Honestly, had no chance there. Once they got the first break, the Aussies, it was all over. And um, it was just nice. It's nice to see Australia in the world group for the first time since 2015 now. Yeah. So, look, I think they can do some damage depending on the draw that they get. And I think the inconsistencies and evenness of women's tennis. Next year, do you think that the Aussies are a shot at winning it? Or do you reckon it's just a stretch too far at this point? Uh, at winning the whole thing? No, I don't I don't think so. Mm. Um Look, I think uh, I think the singles quality is as good as it's been for a while. Obviously, we've got we've got Dasha, we've got Ash Barty. Um, Sam could play. Sam can play a role, yeah, um, sure. But I, I think um, for me, and yes, Destiny Iava performed reasonably well in the doubles. I think for me, what's going to hurt is not having Casey Delacqua, um yeah, in the doubles. I think that's going to be the difference. But when you say that, Ash Barty is in the top 10 or top of 20. Of course, in yeah. She's, she's a star of, doubles yeah, player. Yeah, of course. They were a formidable pair, though. Mm. And Delacqua, I think the reason Stoza was in the squad was because of Delacqua retiring. They needed that experienced head. Gavrilova would have been the oldest person in the team at 24, which is scary to think yes. about. Yeah. So, because Tomjanovic couldn't be picked because she's played for Croatia. I think there's a lot of things they need to to decipher there and to, to look at to actually get her right to play for Australia. I'm not still not sure that she might... Uh, I, I think she might never be allowed because she's represented another country. Um, Rogowska's probably not the player you want playing, um, nor is Arena Rodionova. Then you've got Priscilla Hon, Ayava, Jamie Fawless, all in that all in that sort of pack and Lizette Cabrera as well, trying to come in and play. So, look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, the selection next year, and see who they choose. And if Stoza is still around, will they choose her? Will she want to play? That's the big question. So, it's a big watch this space. And the other results, the Czech Republic defeated Germany 4-1 to move through to the Fed Cup final. The USA also moved through. They're the defending champs. They beat France 3-2. So, the Czech Republic will host America in November. Uh, in the World Group playoffs, Belarus defeated Slovakia 3-2. Romania defeated Switzerland 3-1. And Belgium defeated Italy for love. So, we tipped all of those correct. Josh tipped Italy um, over Belgium. Not sure why, but he did. <laughs> and um, Belgium got over the line for love there. But um, I think uh, Simona Halep, too good. Um, and Belgium just looked too good for an understrength Italy side and Belarus as well over an understrength Slovakian team. So just quickly before we move to a break, Leighton Hewitt has announced that he'll play doubles with Alex Dimonor yeah. and come out of retirement again um, in Estoril. Now, look, I love, I've always been a Leighton Hewitt fan. If he's going to come out of retirement this many times, why announce it? I think he, personally, I think he should have actually stayed and played doubles. I, I don't think he should have retired from the doubles arena. I think he should have re- singles was probably escaping him a little bit. But if you if you watch him play doubles at the moment, he was the best out of the Thompson uh, Hewitt combination in Brisbane. Him and Groth played unbelievably well at the Australian Open did. in Groth Swan Song. They got to the quarterfinals. I'm a bit surprised they lost to Cabal and Farah, but they still got through to the quarterfinals. Um, every time he's come back and played doubles, he's played quite well. So I think, and also just to... I, 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 I don't know the reasoning behind him continuously coming back. He's probably one of our better doubles players still, to be honest. But yeah. 
do you think it's a good idea for him to just keep coming back or should he just stay retired? Uh, look, I'll, I'll keep it short because we do have to go to a break. But I think uh, the the perfect way to go out for Leighton Hewitt, uh, given that he did come back from retirement so many times, almost calling him John Farnham now, um, probably was uh, to go out with Sam Groth. I thought that would have been perfect. Uh, yep. Given how they played, the storyline behind it, I think that was that was the right time. Yep. And look, let's just hope this probably... Uh, you know what? I've got a feeling he's going to play Wimbledon this year. It's going to happen. It is going to happen. He'll play with Deminor or Kokonakis or someone. It's, it's happened so many times now. So, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, Joel, we do need to get to a break. Up next, the rankings. And after that, we'll do our previews of this week. The all-important tipping competition for the year. It's very interesting. I've, I've pulled away a little bit after your Dominic team hiccup. Mm. But um, plenty more still to get through. Stick around on Breakpoint Podcast. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Febo and Joel Frucci here with you, taking you through all of the tennis news and results from the past week on the ATP and the WTA. Joel, rankings time. Very exciting time of the week. Um, not overly many changes, but um, take us through the ATP top 10 to start with. Yeah, so not many changes at all. Only one, in fact. So Rafael Nadal still sits atop the tree. Roger Federer, number two. Alex Verov up onto three. Uh, he replaces Marin Cilic, who's dropped one to four. Grigor Dimitrov, fifth. Uh, Juan Martín Del Potro, sixth. Dominic Team seven. Kevin Anderson, Ryan's mate, eighth. John is the ninth. And David Goffin rounds out the top ten. Thank you, Joel. So, yeah, just the one change. There's Verov into the top three. So, Joel's pick, uh, Josh's pick. Sorry, I've done it again. Um, that <laughs> Cilic would go to world number one this year. Not looking overly good. So, we'll see what happens. But the Aussies, Nick Kyrgios up one to 24. Matt Ebden down three to 81. John Millman also down three to 94. Jordan Thompson up one to 98. Alex Diminor down two to 114. Tanasi Kokonakis, 150, stays unchanged. Alex Bolt up two to 175. Jason Kubler down three to 179. Bernard Tomic down nine to 191. And Akira Santillan down 25 to 193. Injuries plaguing him there, but he's back on tour. So hopefully we'll see that ranking rise again. Rises and sliders of the week. Who's your riser for the men, Joel? Uh, it's going to be Kane Shikori, uh, mm. up, up 14 to 22. So sort of get, getting back into that familiar kind of territory of uh, of the top 20 or so. Um, yeah, he was a finalist in Monte Carlo and uh, felt the full wrath of uh, Rafael Nadal. Yeah, he caught three, six, two. I think it was. Yeah, it was. And look, he played Nadal on clay a couple of times previously, beat them in their most recent meeting before that at the Rio Olympics. And um, the times they'd met on clay before that were quite close. So disappointing for Nishikori, but I think um, it's a good sign that he's possibly getting back to his best and almost back inside the top 20. So it's a good start for him on the comeback. My riser, Stefanos Tsitsipas, the young Greek man, uh, up 8-63, to 63, made the second round in Monte Carlo, but just he's playing some scintillating tennis. Beat Shapovalov in straight sets in the first round in the Principality, so he's looking the goods. I love watching him play, and his one-handed backhand is pretty damn good, so enjoyable to watch your slider of the week, Joel. Uh, Albert Ramos-Vinulas, down 16-40. Yes. Uh, lots of points to defend yeah. from last year's final, and didn't quite do it. Yeah, unfortunately, I've been waiting for this day for a year. 
um, saying that he's going to slip because there was no way he was ever going to replicate a Masters 1000 final. Unfortunately for him, um, it was a great story last year that he got there, but yeah, um, lost in the third round pretty comfortably. So not good for the Spaniard there. Andy Murray is mine. Um, slowly now losing all of his points that he accrued throughout this point of last year. He did play a lot of clay court tennis down five spots to 34. So hopefully we'll see him back soon. I think he's confirmed to play in the US summer, but not sure about Wimbledon yet. So we'll see how Murray goes. The WTA, I'll do these ones because our two WTA person isn't here. So Josh, again, Josh feeling sick. We hope you're feeling better, mate. We'll see you next week. The WTA top 10, no changes again. Simona Halep, number one. Wozniacki, two. Muguruza, three. Svitolina, four. Ostapenko, five. Pliskova, six. Garcia, seven. Uh, Venus Williams in eight. Sloane Stevens, nine. And Petra Kvitova in 10th position. The Aussies now. Uh, Ash Barty at 19, unchanged. Gavrilova also unchanged at 24. Sam Stozer up one to 57. Isla Tomjanovic down one to 95. Arena Rodionova, 131st, unchanged. Olivia Regal up 4 to 148. Lizette Cabrera up 2 to 157. Destiny Ayava up 24 spots to 188th. Priscilla Hon down 2 to 189. And Isabel Wallace up 2 to 252nd in the world. No rises or sliders today because Fed Cup doesn't really cause much change for rankings. Um, just a quick preview to the tipping competition for next or for the next segment. We're doing all our previews for the upcoming week's tournaments. Uh, I'm on 39, Joel 35. So you lost a bit of ground on me, Joel. Yes. Dominic damn it, Dominic. Damn it, do- damn it, Dominic. That's actually not a bad hashtag. We can start that. Um, Josh <laughs> on 28, Ryan on 21. Hasn't sent through his picks for a few weeks. So I, think I should Ryan, trademark that. Yeah, you should. Well, damn it, Dominic. Yeah, with not TM bad. on the end. Done. Actually, yeah, that's not bad. That's actually very good. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try and... Oh, set. yeah. Dominic team with TM on the end. Oh, you didn't even realize. No, I didn't. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, oh, even better. I'll You're a poet one. and you don't know it. Um, so are you, Matt, clearly. No, I, I, <laughs> I meant that, though. I, I meant that. Um, this isn't a... This, I think we without Josh here trying to steal all the puns, I think we're doing all right. Yeah. Not too bad, but um, yeah, he'll be back next week with um, surely some more outrageous jokes. But uh, we've still got plenty more to get through, Joel. Previews up next. Barcelona, I think we know who's going to win there. It was a big result overnight with uh, Martin Clizan defeating a former world number one. We'll tell you who that was after the break. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. Val Ferbo and Joel Fritchie here taking you through all of the tennis news. We've done our rankings. We've done our review. We've done our news. It's time for the previews of the upcoming week's action. And we'll start, Joel, we in Barcelona, Spain. It's a beautiful country there. Um, I don't know how good that accent was. We'll let, uh, we'll let the listeners decide. But, Not very um, good on picking. Oh, really? I'm, I'm working on the Spanish one. I will get there. Um, I'm not going to read these names in the Spanish accent because um, I don't want it to get any worse. But Nadal, the defending champ, is the top seed. Dimitrov, two. Uh, team three. Your mate, Joel? Yeah, he uh, he didn't do very well. Damn it, Dominic. Did. Hashtag TM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> David Goffin, four. Pablo Carreño Busta, five. Novak Djokovic, six. 
He's the man that lost that I teased before. Uh, lost to Martin Klizan, 6-2-1-6-6-3. We'll get to that match in a sec. Diego Schwartzman, 7. Lost to my mate, Stefanos Tsitsipas, 6-2-6-1. Roberto Batista Agu, 8. Hyun Chung, 9. Uh, pulled out with a right ankle, replaced in the draw with a, by a lucky loser. Albert Ramos Vinales, 10. Adrian Manorino, 11. Your mate, Joel. Not very good tennis. <laughs> he's not that bad, Joel. Come on. Give him a break. Ah, he's not great. <laughs> I hope he comes on this show one day. <laughs> Just sits there with a cricket bat. Um, oh. uh, Feliciano Lopez, 12. Andre Rublev, 13. Had to pull out as well with a lower back injury. Kei Nishikori was 14. Retired after one set last night against Guillermo Garcia Lopez. Haven't seen a prognosis yet as to why he did, but um, obviously played a lot of matches last week. Definitely wouldn't have helped on the comeback from injury. Fernando Vadasco, 15. Retired or pulled out again with a right ankle injury. So a few injuries here in Barcelona. And Karen Khashenov, number 16. Um, and he's still in the draw as well. But Novak Djokovic losing was a big headline last night. He'd never lost to Martin Klizan in their four previous meetings. Had only ever dropped one set to the Slovakian. But uh, last night, just not a good result for Novak. And it, it comes into question or raises the question. And we've asked this a few times this year. Where is he at? And I'm... Honestly, not sure. I want to get your opinion before I give mine, Joel. Yeah, well, um, I don't think he's clearly not at his best. Um, and I don't think he will be for a long time either. Um, I don't think he ever will be. Yeah, had a, had a good win. Um, uh, remind me which tournament, Val? Uh, Monte Carlo? Yeah, it was it was Monte Carlo. Um, that, was a, that was a good win, very good win. Hang on, um, let me... He did beat someone of note. Yeah, um, it completely slipped my mind uh, who it was, uh, but I'll, I will get this up for you. Yeah, having said that, that that was a that was a dominant win, um, and I guess this one was uh, was the opposite. So no, look, I mean, with with the nature of the injury that it is, I don't think he's going to be back at his best for a long time. Um, mm. I guess regardless of, uh, I guess these, these couple of, of of wins that remind us of the old Novak, he yeah. has. I, I, I just I can't. He slips see him. up. Yeah, I, I can't. I just can't see with the injury that he's had, um, getting back anywhere near to that to that point um, anytime soon. Yeah, well, he he destroyed Lajovic in the first round of Monte Carlo, and then beat Borna Chorich seven six seven five. Chorich had his chances in that match, but then uh, team accounted for him quite easily uh, after losing the first. That team should have won that set, but six two six three in the second and third respectively. But look, Novak, as you said. He won't be his best for a very long time. I don't think he's ever getting back to his best. With what we've seen, yeah, I don't think coming so. back from injuries, Federer and Nadal have seemed to do it seamlessly. And Nadal especially. He's had a lot more injuries than what Roger Federer has had. And Nadal's been able to just sort of ease his way back in and, and do it so comfortably. Novak's looks stagnant. He just hasn't looked like his old self. And it brings into question why. And... Maybe it's his style of game just getting the better of him. I don't know, but there is something about Novak that just isn't quite right. And I know he's gone back to Marion Vida, his original coach, but I don't think that's going to help. He just doesn't. He doesn't look right, does he? No. Look, the the elbow. It's it's a hundred percent the elbow. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can say, look, it's just it's an injury, but it's yeah, it's for a tennis player, it is such a tough one to um, to recover from, and we've even seen that. He he has had to change his game because of it. He's got a yeah. new um, service action. New service action. The the I guess the you know does, doesn't use the arm quite as much um, going up. So I mean it, it's pretty clear that um, and that serve was part of his his dominance as well. So I, I don't I just don't ever see him um, getting getting back up there. It's I mean that is proof that is material proof that he that it has affected him for worse. Yeah, and it's really and it's just unbelievable how quickly it's all happened after he won. 
the role uh, Roland Garros in 2016, completed the career slam, held all four at once, something that Federer, Nadal, Murray, Sampras, Agassi all failed to do. But he's just, he, he's not been the same since. Ever since that loss to Sam Query at Wimbledon, Novak has changed. Yes, he's made the US Open final, the tournament, the Grand Slam after, but since then, second round at the Australian Open, quarters at the French, quarters at Wimbledon, and at the quarters at the French last year, team destroyed him, didn't play the US, lost in the fourth round to Hyun Chung at the Australian Open, and struggled immensely in Miami and Indian Wells. So it's not looking good for Novak, and I don't think he's going to do too well at the French Open, and, um, it's just, I, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but I think we'll get much more of a, um, more of a, sto- a scope of where he's at towards the end of the year and what, what he can start to produce later on once he gets more matches under his belt and once we get into the, the daily grind of what a tennis season can be. So very interesting stuff there. Who is your pick for Barcelona? Um, I'm actually going for a one-two. I think it'll be Nadal versus Dimitrov. Dimitrov. Okay, so you've, you've ditched Dominic altogether. Yes. Okay, yes. Um, why? Yeah, I, I, he just didn't fill me with confidence at all. Um, made you angry? No, not, not necessarily <laughs> made me angry. It just made me disappointed. Um, so the old Marie Barone. Yeah. So no, look, I think I think Rafa will, will uh, win with a canter, but uh, Grigor will be in the final with him. Okay, I've got Nadal over team, so I'm backing team to make the final. I, I still think he's the second best player on clay. I don't I don't think there's any doubts over that. But uh, Dimitrov, your your suggestion that Dimitrov will get there, um, well. That was backed up pretty well by the Bulgarian. He beats Gilles Simon six two six one. So, mm, but yeah. um, I don't think I think Nadal will uh, will knock him off comfortably. Should he get there? And I think it'll be the same for team. So Nadal over team for me. Nadal over uh, Dimitrov for Joel. So we'll move to Budapest here. Big upsets, a lot of upsets yeah, so yeah, far the, here. It's, top half of the draw, especially. Oh, it's been blown completely open. Luka Pui, the top seed. Damir Jumur, haven't heard said that name in a while. I love yeah. it. It's Great. Um, lost to Marco Cecitano. I've practiced that name all Cecinato. day. Cecinato. Cecinato. There we go. Very good. There we go. Um, 6-3, Richard Gasquet got his 500th win, but lost to Lorenzo Sonego, and Sonego took out Bernard Tomic in the Australian Open qualifying. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that was him. Um, or was it Salvatore Caruso? No, it was it was Sonego. Um, six four seven six. Uh, Denis Shapovalov four. Uh, Aliaj Bedene five. Martin Fuskovic six. Lost the lucky loser Yannick Madden four six six three six two. Yana Leonard Struff seven. And Andrei Seppi eighth. John Millman also in this draw, Joel. He defeated yeah. Radu Albot six four seven five. And get this, it was his first ever clay court win. Oh, I. <laughs> On well, on the ATP World Tour, he's obviously won challenger matches on clay, but I didn't realise he'd never ever won one on clay. It's unbelievable. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. It really is. Yeah, definitely. But uh, look, he'll play Luca Pui tonight. I don't know how how far he'll get into that match. But look, if he plays mm. the way he did against Davy Goffin in the Fed in the Davis Cup last year, I reckon he's a definite chance. I think so. I um I've actually got a good feeling about about Johnny Milman in this draw. Um, I mean it's. I mean, sure, he's he's uh, he's dealt Luca Pui, which is you know not easy on clay. The especially. toughest, the toughest player in the um, tournament. Yeah, but I mean, look, he gets past him, it's it's open. It, it really is a the, great chance for him to go. Not far. many seated players left in that top half of the draw, but nevertheless, who are your picks? Um, I think Luca Pui will knock over Denis Shapovalov. Shapovalov in the final. I've gone uh, Pui over Jan Leonard Struff. 
in the final. I reckon uh, the big German will get through there. He's playing some good tennis and he's got through to the quarters so far. So he's looking okay. Stuttgart on the WTA. This is a big tournament. Simona Halep, one. Muguruza, two. Svitolina, three. Ostapenko, four. Pliskova, five. Garcia, six. Sloane Stephens, seven. Kvitova, eight. But it's a tough, tough draw. Unseeded, Kerber, Suarez Navarro, Vanderway, Siegmund, the defending champ, Pavlachenkova, Keys. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. This is tough. Who have you got winning? Uh, it is a tough one. It's a very, very tough draw. Um, I think Simona Halep will yep. knock over Gavinia. I've got the exact same final. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Um, yeah, one and two there. It's going to be very hard to to change that. Uh, Istanbul, um, Wozniacki, one. Uh, Kuznetsova, two. Radvanska, three. She uh, lost to Donovekic, 6-1-2. Love retired with a lower back injury. Jung Shui lost to Alexandra Rus, 6-2, 6-3. She was the fourth seeder. Katarina Makarova was five. Lost to Krunic. Um, Alexandra Krunic, one six six one six four. 6 uh, Sarana Sustaya, she was the sixth seed. She also lost to Yulia Putintseva. Love 6, 6 1, 6 love. Talk about momentum swings. Uh, Arena Kamalia Begu at seven. She's still in. And Arena Sabalenka, gone. She was the eighth seed. Um, just grunted her way outside the stadium. Lost to Polona Herkog, 6 2, 7 5. Ala Tomjanovic also in this draw. She defeated Alison Van Wietbank, 6 3, 6 3. She'll play Donna Vekic up next. And I think Isla is a strong chance to win that. The draw is open for her here. I wonder how she's going to go. But who have you got winning this title, Joel? Uh, I've got my girl, uh, my girl Caro. Caro I, I, and Clay. I, I really can't see anything other than a one-two. To be totally honest with you, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think she'll knock over uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova. Okay, fantastic. I've got Kuznetsova making the final, but I've got Arena Kamalia Begu getting to the final. She had she did pretty well in the Fed Cup, from what I read. So. Um, I reckon she's getting through to the final. And I think Wozniacki, I just can't trust on clay. But um, look, she's a Grand Slam champion now. Nothing can stop her. Uh, Joel, thank you very much for tonight. It's been a wonderful show. Yeah, always, mate. Always. Yeah, unfortunately, time to wrap up. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. But uh, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up for this week. So yes, again, Joel, thank you very much. No worries, mate. I will see, see next you week. next week. Looking forward to reviewing uh, probably Rafa's 11th title in Barcelona and, and much, much more. But remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, uh, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Facebook Breakpoint. Like us on, well, like us on everything. Um, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm running out of. No, I think I've got there. Um, and also Wooshka as well. That's the one I couldn't remember. Um, that's where all the shows go up. It's also on iTunes, so you can click on the listen or download, do whatever whatever the kids are doing these days. Um, <laughs> I think we are still part of that generation, but oh well. Um, this, this has been Breakpoint Podcast. I'm Val Febo. Hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week.